everyone. Welcome to Porter today. My name is Hagen and we're so excited that you're here either in the sanctuary with us worshiping or watching at home. In just a moment our band's going to come back up and continue to lead us in worship and after that Pastor Nick has a special sermon today from Romans 8 on what the Bible has to say about how we respond to fear. But before that happens we do have a few announcements that we do want you to pay attention to. We're excited to announce that our Realm app is live for all church members. If you're wanting to catch up on it, here's a short video that explains the process. We all know church doesn't just happen at church. It happens every day. But with busy lives, it can be hard to stay connected throughout the week. So let's make connecting easier with the Connect app just for our church. Once you download the free app, you can create your own personal profile. Keep it up to date and share it with others you chose. Communicate with your small group, team, or other church members. Follow church announcements and events. Ask for prayer requests, volunteer, and more, all right from your phone. You can even look up members in our digital directory and give someone a quick call or email with just a tap. Giving to the church is easier, too. Track your gifts, set up recurring donations, and monitor progress toward your pledge goals. The best part is you can do it all from anywhere, at any time, right from your phone. Our new Connect mobile app is a real ministry tool. Download the app and let's get connected. If you have not received your email regarding your Realm login, or if you have Realm-related questions, please call the church office during office hours. We are very excited to see how Realm will help our church connect and serve together. Thank you again so much for being with us today. Please make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at portermemorial.net and on Facebook and Instagram at portermemorial. Let's continue to worship the Lord together. Well, good morning, church family. Good morning online. Good morning to you who are here. Uh, the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some people might ask, how can you do that in times like this? That's because of what we just sang, the joy of the Lord 
is our strength. Uh, we are in unusual days, and we are facing some unusual decisions. Uh, some of you are here with us today, and I'm glad you're here. For those of you online, we're excited that you're able to join with us today as well. Uh, I want to share with you, if you are at home with us, there's a few things that you're going to find challenging. There's going to be the distractions of the dog. There's going to be the distractions of, of uh, wanting to go get a snack. I encourage you, if you're going to worship with us online this week or maybe for the weeks to come, I encourage you uh, to block off this time of worship and to make it a time where God is your focus. I always also encourage you to get your Bibles out. I know I put most of the verses on the screen, uh, but I encourage you to follow along in your Bibles uh, as uh, you're at home uh, and worship with us. I also encourage you to pray with us. We're going to today have a special time of prayer in the middle of our service I encourage you and your family in your living room uh, to kneel down and to pray with us as we uh, seek God in this very unusual time. We're also going to ask you to participate as much as you possibly can. Uh, if you're where you can sing, sing. Uh, if you're where you can only listen, you listen, but participate as much as you possibly can. Uh, and, and then we, we, we simply encourage you to find your joy in the Lord. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of debate this week on you meet or should you not meet? Uh, there's been a lot of discussion as things have progressed. Uh, gathering together is an essential part of believers. Uh, it is. Uh, but for a short period of time, we've been asked to, to, to gather in unique ways. So what I, I'm going to ask you to do is to set aside time each week to participate in the body life of the church as those uh, opportunities are given to you. Uh, we uh, are not a people who are defined by a building. We are people who are defined by our Savior. And so let us hold fast to the hope that we have, a hope that endures no matter what comes our way, and we'll celebrate our great God. We're going to uh, begin our service with Psalm 91 today. Psalm 91 says, the one who lives under the protection of the Most High dwells in the shadow of the Almighty. And therefore, I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my trust. You are my God in whom I trust. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate your goodness to us today. Lord, you are good. You are always good. Father, I know there's a lot of fear in our community. There's a lot of uncertainty. But Father, we know that there is not a day in the history of this world that has happened or the future of this world that will that you're not completely aware of and in control of. So Father God, we humbly bow before you today and we give you worship that's due your name. And we pray, God, that you would continue to be our fortress and our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, if we can, let's all stand again and sing. Together about the faithfulness of our God.
President and uh, our president, our, our, our executive director of the Southern Baptist Convention have called us to pray on behalf of our country. And so whether you're at your home or you're here, I would like us to join in a time of prayer, uh, a focused time of prayer. Uh, if you would like to come to the altar, you can, or you could, I'm going to ask you if you are able to kneel somewhere around where you are and pray. We'll do that in just a second, but I'd like for you to pray for four things in particular. One, I would like for you to continue to pray that God in his mercy would stop this virus. I think that is uh, the right prayer and the appropriate prayer for us to pray, that he would save lives, and not only in our communities, but in communities around the world, uh, particularly in places that are medically uh, ill-equipped for such a crisis. I ask you to pray for our president, our governor, our mayor, our local officials who are having to make hard decisions. Pray for them. I ask you to pray for the medical teams. Uh, uh, I pray that they are not needed in as uh, uh, great a way as it seems like they might be. But if God allows this to continue, we will pray for them, for their strength and for their health uh, to serve. I ask you also to pray that we would use this as a church and as Christians as an opportunity to do two things. Number one, we are on mission to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Pray that God would help our world see their own mortality and that they would understand that this life is fragile and that the only way that you can live in confidence and the only way that you can know uh, that no matter what happens, it's all right, is if you have an understanding of the gospel of Christ. So pray for soft hearts and our effective witness. And also pray that we would be salt and light at this time. That as churches, we would take this crisis and turn it into an opportunity to show, to show the love of Jesus in very practical ways. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop talking for a few minutes. And we're just going to pray to our faithful God. Wherever you are, uh, you can come to the altar if you'd like. After I give us three or four minutes, five minutes to pray, 
uh, I will lead us in a spoken prayer and we'll continue in our time of service. But let's pray together. Father, we come before you as a community of believers, some in here and some at their homes, asking that, God, you would rid our world of this virus. We pray, Father God, that as you have controlled the wind and the waves in the past and sickness and illness in the past, that you would show your hand mighty and you would stop the spread. I pray, Father God, that you would be with those who help provide care for those who are already infected. And God, I pray that you would give them strength. I thank you, Lord, for their willingness to serve. And I pray, God, that you would protect their households, Lord. I ask, God, that you would be with those in our communities who are making decisions. 
Lord, those in our state, Lord, for our president and our congressional leaders. God, I pray for wisdom for them, that they would be guided by you. And God, I also pray that you would, Lord, be with your church. Help us, Lord, to understand that we are a people on a mission to share the resurrection of Jesus Christ with the world. Help us, Lord, to faithfully proclaim the reason for our hope. And God, I pray for opportunities through this. While the devil means this for harm, Lord, I know you bring good from all things. And God, we pray that some of the good that will come will be the salvation of many souls. I pray that you would help us as believers to show our kindness and our love by the way that we interact with people in the days to come. I pray that you will help us to be people who are not slaves to fear, but who are confident in you. At the same time, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be loving neighbors to people who don't know you. Father, for our community, God, I pray that you will provide the resources that are needed to address the many needs that may arise. And Lord God, we ask that as individual believers and as a collective community, that you would help us to to glorify you with the way that we trust you and live our lives through this unique time. Lord God, I pray for our missionaries around the world. I pray for protection over them as they minister and give hope to areas that are in desperate need. I pray, Father God, that you would help them to be wise, to be strong, and I pray that they would see fruit from their labor. God, I ask you to honor yourself in the rest of this service. We pray in Jesus' name.
viewers. Lord, we are so thankful for the chance to proclaim the truth today, to proclaim that we are, that we belong to you and to you alone. Lord, speak to our hearts wherever we may be uh, this morning, Lord. Speak to us. May we know your truth, because your truth shall set us free. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name that I pray, and everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're in new territory today, aren't we? I have never preached uh, to an audience that primarily was not in front of me. Uh, it is a, 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 a challenge for me because I've never been good at speaking into a camera. Yesterday, I produced a video to share the gospel from my own phone, and I had about 70 tries at making that video before I got it right. I could make a full-length movie of bloopers uh, from the work that Nuno and I have done this week. Uh, and I, honestly, I get energy from the crowd uh, that, that I get to preach the gospel to. And there is just such a sweet fellowship of worshiping in the same room. And I, I get that. And, 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 and so that's made this tough, but I've tried to think what are the positives of uh, preaching in a moment like this, in a method like this. And I tried to think, and I tried to think, and the only one I could come up with was at least I don't have to know when people fall asleep while I'm preaching. So that, that's helpful. Uh, my, my generation and younger have only seen one situation like what our world is facing in our lifetime. And that was 9-11. While we don't know if in the history books this is going to end up being more like the Spanish flu of 1918 or the Zika virus a few years ago, uh, that's, that's yet to be seen. But at this moment, it's radically altering our way of life. Uh, it is radically changing not only how we do church, but how we live. Uh, and I don't know what's more difficult about that change the thought of a, a widespread outbreak or the outbreak of widespread fear. Someone said to me this week that fear is spreading faster than the virus. And that is absolutely the truth. As we think about what's going on, I know that we fall into two extremes as a people. Uh, we have those who believe that this is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, and we have those who believe that this is way, way blown out of proportion. Probably most of us here are somewhere in between those two extremes, but regardless, fear has gripped our nation. Uh, fear of the virus, fear of the fear mongers, uh, fear has, ha has paralyzed many, many things. Um, today, I just want to spend some time thinking about fear and what the Bible says. One of the things that we learn quickly when we open up the scripture is that there are two versions of fear in the Bible. There's healthy fear and there is foolish fear in the Bible. Uh, there is a fear of God, which is the beginning of all wisdom. There's respect, which is a close cousin to, to, uh, to fear, uh, but it's healthy. My dad taught me how to shoot a gun, and he taught me how to shoot a bow and arrow. And 
when he started teaching me how to do those things, he taught me in a way to where I would learn to respect them and be afraid of the harm that they could do to me. That, that's healthy. Caution is a God-given protection. You know, it's a good thing to have an apprehensive spirit when you go rock climbing. It's a, it, it's a, it's a good thing to check your, back, uh, your parachute pack when you are skydiving. It is a, a, a good thing to be afraid of talking back to your mother. Those are healthy things. We, we should be cautious. Uh, one place in the New Testament, it says that we should fear our rulers and those who are over us. Sometimes the Bible uses, uses fear as, as very healthy and good. Many other times, and in fact I would say the majority of times, the Bible says that fear is harmful. It undermines our trust in God. When we're afraid, it, it can completely undermine our willingness to surrender our lives to our Heavenly Father. We see this in Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 6 when he says, don't worry, don't be anxious. And he, he gives his reasons for that. God takes care of, of his world and pagans act like he does not and worry. We're supposed to be different than that. Um, in fact, harmful fear and worry are almost always inextricably connected. Uh, it, they, are, they are similar animals. Um, and, and harmful fear consumes your thoughts. It puts us in a vicious spin cycle. Uh, we, we are susceptible right now to that spin cycle because every channel, it's in front of you. 24-7 on most channels, it's in front of you. I would challenge our congregation to limit your time on the news. Um, you will probably should watch daily, uh, at least a little bit, to know what's going on and be responsible citizens. Uh, you might want to watch a couple of times a day, but do not waste your day watching the TV and trying to figure it out. Uh, that is not what God has called us to do. Uh, don't act like the pagans. You're not going to change the news. And you don't want to make the news. So watch enough to know what you need to know. But don't let your intake of news be more than your intake of the refreshing presence of God in his scripture and in times of prayer. Harmful fear also leads us to focus on ourselves instead of loving our neighbor. Oftentimes, it leads to completely irrational behavior. I mean, honestly, how many rolls of toilet paper could you possibly need? Right? You, may they know we are Christians by our love. Not just on Sundays, but when we're in the grocery store, and when we're in our communities. They're supposed to know that we love them. I thought about this week. What are the things that we fear? You know, and right now it's coronavirus, but, but it's a little deeper than that because fear is an internal thing. And there are about five things that I think summarize the type of fears that we have. Uh, 
we fear insignificance. Uh, we don't want to get to the end of our life and think we've never made a difference, that we've wasted our one time around on the merry-go-round, uh, so to speak. We, it, 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 and if people-pleasing is your thing, this fear is real because you don't want to think about the thought of going unnoticed uh, in your life. For others, they fear death. As Christians, we have hope of, of life after death, but for those without our hope, the thought of a life that, that seems to go by way too quickly as it is, ending prematurely is pretty unnerving. Uh, and so a lot of people are consumed by this type of fear. Some people are consumed with a feeling of helplessness. My niece right now is in San Francisco. Uh, she uh, was sent home to uh, work from home uh, over a week ago. My sister called, and she's a believer. My niece is a believer. They both love Jesus. They, they're, they're both uh, uh, confident in the Lord. But my sister called me, and... She said, I'm not as much concerned about my daughter's health as I am concerned about my daughter being afraid and I can't be there to help her. That fear of helplessness sets in on us. My biggest fear is loneliness. Um, it, it, my biggest fear in this situation is getting put in isolation or being quarantined. Um, I feed off people. I'm a hyper type A. Uh, and I need people to be around. That is uh, kind of how I am. Uh, but this fear can lead me to not trust. Uh, it's this fear that often grips the heart of seniors. Uh, as they have uh, fear loneliness in their old age. Many people are afraid of an unknown future. How long will this last? Will it hurt the economy? Will they play baseball? Uh, you know, these. What, what's going to happen? Uh, the unknown grips our heart. The, these fears can consume us, and, and that's unhealthy. And it's this, to this type of unhealthy, harmful fear that God speaks over and over. Fear not. Fear not. We struggle so bad that God gave this command more than any others in the New Testament. I read this week as I was preparing for fear that the phrase fear not or a variation of it is given over 365 times in the Bible. One per day. And the reason God would give us so many of these commands is because we have such a tendency to fall back into this trap. It's, it's this fear that we often uh, often fall back into, and so God leads us uh, to, to trust in Him, to have faith. Now, I, I'm not a total failure when it comes to not trusting every day. I'm not a prepper. <laughs> uh, I'm not a run for the hills type of guy, uh, but I'm not going to apply to be a Walmart greeter if we have to shut uh, church down for a while. You know, I'm somewhere in between those, uh, but you know what I found? Even those of us who I think maybe balance fear and faith a little better than some have a tendency to vacillate between fear uh, and, and faith. Uh, we have a tendency to, to, to struggle. Uh, this week, this verse has been on my mind. I've heard it used in a lot of ways this week. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Today we're focused on fear, but I don't want us to overlook that last phrase. He's given us the, 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 the spirit of a sound mind. The Greek term for this is the word sophronismo, which uh, 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 is translated sound mind, but can be translated dis- discipline, self-control, wise discretion. Some of our brothers and sisters are meeting today as normal. Praise God. That's their decision. I don't question it. But they have quoted this first part of the verse. We have not been given a spirit of fear. And they've ignored the last part of this verse. That we have also been called to wise discretion. Each community is different. And each pastor and church and organization has to make their own decision. But in our context, where there are reported cases where the community is shutting down their activities. This is wise discretion for us. But with that said, how is this going to affect us long term? On your bulletin today that you received coming in, and it might be printed online, and if it's not, we'll get this. Our plan is printed on the back of this, of how we're going to show wise discretion. We're going to develop a plan that's going to be reviewed on a daily basis. Anyone who says that they have a plan that will be in place until this is over is acting foolishly because we are in the middle of a developing story. Ongoing decisions are going to be posted to social media and sent through email and text. Sunday morning services will be live streamed at, at, for viewing at home in some form or fashion. We'll be doing that. Those who would like to tithe can give online. Uh, you can just go to the uh, church website and click to give. You can also stop by the office as long as the office is able to be open. We will be, and you could give at the office. Today, if you would like to give, there are, are buckets as you go out the door that you'll be able to do uh, as we go uh, uh, from this place. Those who choose to uh, 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 live stream from home, Uh, we encourage you to continue to participate in the ministry of the church because ministry will go on. If Sunday services are altered, meaning we don't have life group in church, the rest of the activities that next week are altered. That's how we will make our decisions, unless you hear otherwise. Benevolence ministries will continue. So that is our plan, and I strongly urge you the next couple of weeks, as school is closed, we're strained from meeting. The goal is to slow or stop community spread of this virus and to give space for the medical professionals to adequately do their job. Now, with this said, I didn't come today to preach about corona, nor even wise discretion. We're going to go to the Word now, and we're going to start to talk about how does God want us to deal with fear. One of the first things I would say is remember precaution is not living in fear. Uh, It's easy to become paralyzed by fear when you're taking natural precautions. uh, But because we don't want to be slaves to fear, some opt to ignore obvious hardships. We're going to try to find a balance. And and we're going to have to start not in the room. We're going to have to start in our hearts. Because fear is internal. 
it's triggered by external factors, by a health crisis, by relationship change, by a job loss, by being quarantined, by lack of basketball while you're quarantined. Many of us feel our blood pressure go up when we see a news report or hear another closing. And either we're afraid Corona's going to kill us or we fear the ignorance of others is going to kill us. We don't like fear, so we change the channel. We make a snarky Facebook post and we hope we get likes. We buy all the toilet paper. But we, we, we have a tendency to try to change our internal fear with external things. But the problem is you cannot do that because internal fear can't be dependent upon external things because we're not in control of external things. We, we don't have that capacity. And beyond that, if, if we're just trying to control the externals instead of dealing with our fears, you're just going to have to face this in, in the next couple of weeks. Because what I've found is the same old fears, isolation, fear of death, fear of helplessness, fear of, of, lone, uh, uh, of, uh, of an uncertain future, all of these fears, they just resurface over and over. This isn't going to be the last time you deal with this fear that you're facing. This isn't going to be the last time that you face this. And so it's more than let's just get through corona. It's dealing with what's going on in our heart. Fear is controlled from the inside out. It's controlled through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why we're going to look at Romans 8 today. This is my go-to passage when I need strength from the Lord. Romans chapter 8, I invite you to open your Bibles even here today. I will give you many on the screen. But in verse 14 and 15, listen to these words. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. Verse 15. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Notice that phrase, we're not to live like slaves. And let's be honest, that's what fear feels like to us. It feels like it's put us in chains. But there are so many things as Christians that should cause us confidence. Number one is verse one in chapter eight. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, none. Now, I know most of you in this room probably know Romans pretty well, but let me give you the 30-second high-view uh, uh, picture of the book of Romans. Romans 1 through 3, we're all messed up, and we don't have much hope. In fact, we're so messed up, we're deserving of death. Romans 4 and 5, Jesus is so good that he came to us even while we were still sinners, and those who put their faith in Christ, those uh, will, will be saved. Romans chapter 6, he is able to save us from the, from the darkest of sin. And we can live as children of God, set free, living a new life. And at the end of Romans 7, he starts to say, but you know, even though I'm set free, sometimes I still struggle. And what I know I shouldn't do, I still do. And what I, I, I know I should do, sometimes I refrain from doing it. And he said, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? You can almost hear Paul say, I still struggle at times, and it's hard to not fall back into old patterns. And I think everybody in here, if you're a believer, have been believers long enough, you know that's true. Temptations die hard, don't they? 
fears sometimes move back in. But Paul speaks to us right after saying that in Romans chapter 7. He says, guys, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And I love verse 16. The Spirit testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. We know we're His children. And if we're His children, we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him so that we may be able to be glorified with Him. And in verse 18 he says, For I consider the sufferings of this present time nothing compared to. Not worthy to even be in the same conversation with the glory that God is going to reveal for us. He makes the eternal temporal comparison here and he tells us two things in this verse. Number one, better days are coming. And as your pastor, I wholeheartedly believe that this is not how we're going to worship for a, forever. <laughs> your pastor believes this is going to be a short-term event. Better days are coming. I believe this is, is pictured in eternity with Christ. And I believe it is going to be uh, revealed even in our present day circumstances. But number two, let us not skip over the fact that this verse teaches that we're going to face hardships here. I, I really don't know how this is going to end. Maybe it's a great big nothing burger, I pray. Maybe it's just something that simply empties our pocketbooks for a few weeks. I pray that that's worst case scenario. It may be a very heartbreaking time. I know pastor friends who talk like we determine this. Or that somehow God has insulated us from this. But the sun shines on the just and the unjust. As does the rain fall. I know one family who says we pray Psalm 91. I didn't continue on. The very next verse in Psalm 91 that we read this morning says that we will be delivered from all pestilence. And that is my prayer. But some people treat that prayer like it is promise. I would ask our brothers and sisters in China or in Italy if this virus has made a disting uh, has distinguished between believer or saved person. Another pastor talked about the plagues of Egypt and how God spared the children of Israel from the plagues of Egypt. And I understand his heart and I love this pastor. But we cannot claim that as promise, that we will avoid suffering. I know we can't claim it as promise because I look at the life of Paul who writes these words, who was beaten and left for dead and was uh, ostracized and who was imprisoned. Hard things come to God's people. They just do. And we are not promised that they won't be here. Nothing says the USA will escape hard times any more than a believer anywhere else. John Piper said something that I think uh, I can paraphrase for you today. He said, some people say that God shields believers from hardships. He said, I have no proof of what I think, but I believe that every for every lost person who gets cancer, 
God gives one saved person, uh, allows cancer to come to one saved person. Why would you say that? And Piper said, so that a a Christian can show how different they are by the way they handle it. We have an opportunity to show how different we are by the way we handle maybe just mass hysteria or how different we are by the way we handle hardship. So, so we, we pray. God help us. We pray for deliverance. And at the same time, we pray for God's help in, in hardship. Uh, and leaning into prayer is what we're called to do. But how do you pray? Pray for deliverance. And when you don't know how to pray, you trust that the Holy Spirit who is in you will make intercession for you. And he knows your heart. If your heart is, God, I want you to be glorified. God, I want you to use me in this for your glory. God, whatever comes, I'll honor you. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, just have your way in my life. If you have that spirit and you don't know how to pray I'm confident that the spirit who dwells within you will help in your weakness because even when you don't know how to pray the spirit will intercede on your behalf and the one who searches hearts and who knows the mind of the spirit because he he knows what the spirit intercedes for us because The Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf. And so take comfort in that. And of course we know verse 28, don't we? And we know that God will work all things together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God will use this for good, guys. I really believe that this could be a kingdom builder for the church. Not a kingdom builder breaker. God's kingdom will be established. His truth will march on. And I believe that he will use what the enemy means for harm to bring good. Maybe the good will be to increase our humility. We're not in control of the universe. I pray that the good is that people will realize that death will come to us all and that they will hear the gospel and they'll realize their need. Maybe in the next few weeks, the good will be what happens in you. You'll learn what's truly important. You'll learn how to lay down some of your fears. You'll learn that Jesus does love you and you can trust him. Take heart, believer. God does love his children even when times seem hard. Listen to these beautiful, beautiful verses. Verse 31. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He didn't even spare his own son, but offered him up for us all. How will he not also with him grant us everything? Who can bring a an accusation against God's elect. Who can bring us down? God's the one who justifies. Who's the one who's going to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but even more, he's been raised. 
He also is at the right hand of God and he intercedes for us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Can affliction or distress or persecution or famine, nakedness, danger, sword? As it is written, because of you, we're being put to death all day long. We're counted as sheep to the slaughter, but it doesn't matter because in all these things, we're more than conquerors, even in death, because I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, uh, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And to this passage, I say amen and amen. We're going to pray, and I'm going to give you some takeaways. We're going to sing, and then I'm going to share with you a few thoughts about what we're going to do next week to function as the church. But praise the Lord, we are not to be slaves to fear, and we don't have to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news of Christ. Thank you that he has justified us by his death on the cross and he has made us alive through the power of the resurrection and his spirit living inside of us. Father, we ask that you would calm our fears and let us live as victorious Christians. We ask that you deliver our nation. We ask that you restore uh, our, our uh, calm. We ask God that you glorify yourself. In Jesus' name, amen. Four takeaways for you today. Number one, remind yourself God is in control. He has a plan. Hardship is an opportunity to love. Number two, keep proper perspective. This life is short, but eternity is forever. Number three, remember that most fears don't actually come true. 95% of the things that we are afraid of never come to pass. Number four, use your extra time in prayer and in Bible study. You're going to have some. I've checked my ESPN app 47 times in the last two weeks, and they're still not playing ball. Quit checking the app and start talking to the Savior. And number five, embrace hope rather than despair. It's all right, guys. No matter what happens, we win, period. That's a good way to play the ball game. <laughs> no matter how it goes down, we win. Let's celebrate that fact together. the melody and you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone and I'm no longer a slave 
I want to take this opportunity to present to you Cheryl Hatfield. Cheryl is coming uh, to join in fellowship with our church. Did I get that right? Yeah, if you'll stand right here just for a second, we'll bow at each other and fist bump or whatever and yeah, curtsy. We welcome you into our fellowship, Cheryl. Uh, all of those who will love her as a sister in Christ who's a believer and has been baptized, would you say amen? Amen. amen. We welcome you into our congregation. God bless you, Cheryl. You, you can be seated now. Thank you. God bless you. Guys, I want to take just a minute and share with you how we're going to move forward. Uh, those of you at home, I'd like for you to hang around for just a couple of more minutes and uh, uh, listen to what uh, our plan is uh, going forward. Uh, there's a few principles that are going to guide us as we make decisions. Tomorrow, the staff and I are meeting for an all-day uh, uh, staff meeting to, to plan what we need to do to be the church. Uh, last week we planned what we were going to do to have church. This week we're going to plan how do we be the church through the week. And one of the things that we're going to uh, maintain is our central guiding principle is what will help us share the gospel. How can we share the gospel uh, clearly? How can we give resources to our congregation to help them to utilize this time? Uh, how, how can we... Uh, make sure that we don't miss this opportunity that God has given us. Number two, we commit to help the vulnerable. On Friday and Saturday, uh, we contacted every senior adult that we have contact information on in our church that we thought might could use our help. Uh, if you didn't get a phone call and you're watching, please contact the office tomorrow morning and give us your information. Every pastor has been, uh, is going to be given about four to five deacons, uh, and the pastor you received the phone call from uh, will be your point of contact if you have need. We are going to figure out uh, how we can minister to you. I've already heard many stories of how our church has reached out to a couple of our folks who had immediate crises yesterday. Uh, we are going to continue to do that and connect with our congregation. Uh, number three, 
we're going to stay connected to our church family. I don't know how we're going to pull this off exactly. We're going to talk to uh, uh, health officials this week, uh, and we're going to talk uh, 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 to community leaders and to other churches and ask how are they connecting to one another, and we're going to do our best to stay connected as a body of believers. It probably, for two or three weeks, will not look like it looked last Sunday. It's probably going to be different for two or three weeks. Uh, but we're going to try to find a plan to where we can stay connected. I think that's not only good for the health of our congregation. I think that's good just for our health in general uh, to, to have the fellowship of brothers and sisters. And we're going to try to figure out how we can do that in smaller pockets. We're working on that plan tomorrow. Number four, we're going to continue teaching and, and encouraging uh, uh, the people of our church. Uh, it will be a part of the ministry, not just to stay connected as brothers and sisters, but to disciple and to teach the Word of God. Uh, I've already talked to Wayne. I think he's going to be teaching our Wednesday night Bible study in some format this week uh, where people can watch that in a different type of setting and format. Uh, but we will continue to provide teaching resources and opportunities. My guess is there will be almost daily material that will come out two, three minutes of encouragement from the Word of God. Uh, and then finally, we're going to do good in our community. This is a driving force for our church. We've already been contacted to help in a couple of emergency situations, and we're doing our best to make those happen already, uh, opening our church up for that. So we're going to continue to do good. Our building's not going to set uh, uh, useless for the next few weeks. Uh, we, the community has asked to use it in a couple of capacities uh, and we are working on those right now to finalize the details. I'll be sharing information about that probably tomorrow afternoon or Tuesday. Um, with that said, I know it's going to be uh, a unique time for a lot of businesses and places. I encourage you to make your church a priority in your giving if you can. Uh, we want the kingdom of God to go forward. Uh, uh, if we're not going to be able to meet in person, how are you going to be able to give? You can give online. Uh, you can go to Porter's webpage, portermemorial.net, and uh, you can click the online giving button, and it will take you through the process of learning to give online. My family has done this for three years, and we've been able to faithfully give to every ministry of this church. Uh, not only our regular tithe, but forward together, uh, Lottie Moon Christmas offerings, uh, benevolence needs. Uh, you can do those through uh, our Porter webpage. If you are not web savvy or you're afraid to put information on the web, you can give through the church office. You can come by through the week and give uh, to the church office. We encourage you uh, to do that. Or you can mail it uh, to 4300 Nicholasville Road, uh, 40515. Uh, we want to be good stewards of this opportunity that God has given us. Uh, may we do so. We're going to uh, finish uh, by celebrating something. Scott, will you come up here? You didn't know I was going to do this today, but I don't know what next week's going to look like. So you're here. I'm here. Let's do this. This is Scott Hiller. Uh, <laughs> Scott, uh, nobody's used that microphone. You can use that. <laughs> here, you here, let's do Turn it on. Push up there. Y'all get a second. Hang on just a second. Good morning. Have we got him? Yeah, there you go. All right. Good morning. Uh, Scott uh, has been attending our church for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Maybe two years. Two years. 
uh, and uh, God began to move in his heart. And uh, Scott, if you could give us the Reader's Digest version of how God has been moving in your heart and what's going on. Sure. Uh, good morning. Um, hopefully, Lord willing, I'll be moving to uh, Vietnam a week from tomorrow uh, to serve the Lord however he leads and uh, share the gospel with the people there. And it really all started with a mission trip that Trent Snyder uh, told me about about a year and a half ago uh, to Vietnam, and he encouraged me to pray about going. And when I went, I was just confronted with a tremendous need. I mean, it hits you right in the face. Uh, From the poverty that's a reality for most people, but also a spiritual lostness. You know, in a country of 100 million people, uh, Christianity barely exists at all. And I'll never forget uh, standing with Wayne and some other members of the mission team in this tall tower in Vietnam, looking out over Ho Chi Minh City, which has 14 million people, and just realizing, you know, those 14 million people need Jesus or they're going to hell. If he comes back at that point, you know, it's over for them. And I just couldn't ignore that. I had a chance uh, in September to go back uh, on a trip and, you know, I just continue to fall in love with the people there. I love uh, the country, and you know, started to feel like I, I could do something for them. And one of the things I noticed was that, you know, it's really important in their culture to be able to build relationships, build friendships, and gain trust in order to effectively share the gospel. Well, that's kind of hard to do uh, when you live in the U.S. You, you really have to live there and be a part of the community uh, to be able to do that. And the Lord just laid on my heart, okay, you know, you've been trying to figure out what to do. I'm showing you this because this is what you can do. And I went back over Christmas. Um, I'd been praying for a, an open door to be able to move there. And the Lord opened a door that I would have never found and never even thought to look for. And that was uh, when I was uh, told about a school looking for a native English speaker to come teach English. Well, I would have never looked for that because I have zero background in education. I mean, zero. And somehow the Lord caused the school to look favorably on me, even though they're aware of my lack of experience, and to offer me the job. Uh, you know, it was a door that I've been praying for. It wasn't the one that I had thought about. Uh, but I said, Lord, okay, here's an open door. I prayed for an open door, so I'm going to walk through it. So I have no idea why God chose you know, some unqualified person like me who had never been on a mission trip before. Um, I have no idea what, you know, God has planned over there, but I know he's got a perfect plan that will somehow glorify him. So if I could just ask, ask you guys one thing, I'd ask you to just please continually pray for the kingdom work in Vietnam, uh, because the good things that happen there will come through God's power and not man's power. Scott, we love you. We're proud of you uh, for answering God's call, and may we all respond as obediently as Scott has to what God asks of our lives. We're going to virtually lay hands on you. Okay. All of our people who are watching and the people who are gathered here, uh, is it all right if I lay hands on you, brother? Absolutely. All right. Wayne, could you come up here? Wayne's his life group teacher, and I think uh, has been a pretty solid influence in developing a disciple. Amen. So, uh, Wayne, will you, uh, will you pray? 
got me. Well, we thank you for Scott. Uh, just thank you so much for uh, his friendship. We thank you, Lord, for his faithfulness. We thank for his willingness to go. We thank you most of all, Lord, for your work in him. And, uh, Lord, I just pray for your hand on him, even in the next few days, as he's got all the details to plan for moving, that all that goes smoothly and quickly for him to get it all done just right, and that you just lead that. I pray his travels go smoothly and going through other countries and uh, the changes of flights and getting into Vietnam and getting settled in a new home. and All of those details, Lord, we just ask you to lead him, bless him, protect him, and direct him. We thank you, Lord, that you're always sufficient. I pray, God, that you'll uh, also lead him in this new endeavor. Even though he says he's not qualified, we know that in you he's perfectly qualified. And, Lord, I pray that your spirit is upon him. You'll use him mightily for your kingdom, that many will come to know you because of him being there. Bless him. Thank you for him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you, brother. We love you. We're praying for you. Well, guys, may the... Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Uh, be warm, uh, be filled, and stay home. I don't know. <laughs> no, be warm, be filled. Don't live in fear and be gone.
start on the outside the outside looking in this is where grace begins we were hungry we were thirsty with nothing left to give for the shape that we were in and just when all hope seemed lost Love opened the door for us. He said, come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the saviors. Sit down and be set free. Come to the table. To the hero and the coward, to the prisoner and the soldier, to the young and to the older, all who hunger, all who thirst, 
to the table I'm not a warrior I'm too afraid to lose I feel unqualified for what you're calling me
So this world has lost its grip on me.